More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today on More to Life, my last nerve. Are you tired of dealing with that irritating, aggravating, or frustrating person in your life? Let us help. 877-573-7825. Everyone says they want to have a great marriage and family and personal life. Well, the theology of the body reveals how you can actually achieve it. More to Life. The happiest couples know how to say I do to each other every moment of every day. Surprising. Relevant. Hopeful. Angela, let's not just settle for stopping your son's behavior. Exactly. Let's talk about the kind of young man you want to raise. Practical. Theology of the body-based answers for every part of your life. God's original blueprint didn't include depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's a human invention. God wants to set you free. Let's talk about making that happen. The life you were meant to live through the theology of the body. More to life. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. I'm Lisa Popchak. And today's show is titled My Last Nerve. We all have that one person in our life that tends to get under our skin. Only one? (laughs) (laughs) Who is that person for you? Are you tired of dealing with that irritating, frustrating, or aggravating person in your life? Are you having a hard time getting along with that person and you have to deal with them more often than you'd like maybe it's somebody close to you your spouse one of your kids whether it's a little kid or an adult kid i mean they get under our under our skin sometimes a close family member or just someone you can't get away from we want to help you deal with those difficult people gracefully the number is 877-573-7825 Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Of course, this can be from the simplest thing that's getting on your nerves, like that kid or spouse that constantly makes you late for Mass every single Sunday. And you're thinking, I've tried everything. I've screamed my head off. I've done everything I can do, and they're just driving me crazy. It can be those kind of, you know, irritations that just keep happening over and over and over and over all the way through really irritating, aggravating people where you don't want to be around them. They're always doing those things. You wish you could never have to have contact with them again. And anything in between. Let's get rid of all that aggravation. Or, or maybe, you know, maybe this is somebody you really do care about. Yeah, and, sure. and you want the relationship to work, but they're just being difficult mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And you're not sure how to break through all the stuff they're throwing your way. You know, the fact is, people are difficult. It's just, you know, we're all all broken, sinful, struggling people, and it's hard to get along with each other. If you've got somebody in your life that you are having a hard time connecting with because they're getting under your skin, give us a call. But when I said you want to get away from them, that doesn't mean you can get away from them. Let me be very, very clear here into what you were saying, Greg, that it's really important when you care about somebody or you have to be around somebody, you can wish that you didn't have to deal with them. But what's irritating and aggravating is that you do. You definitely have to. They're in your life in some way, and you have to deal with them. How can you deal with them? With more grace, with better techniques, in a way that gives you release, relief from all of the aggravation they are causing you, and maybe even heals the relationship. Well, let's help you do that today. 
If you give us a call on More to Life at 877-573-7825, that's 877-573-7825. By the way, um, slightly different uh, topic here, but, but um, you know, before we get underway, I wanted to let everybody know, tomorrow evening, Yay. Tuesday evening, September 26th, at 7 p.m. Eastern, Lisa and I are hosting our monthly live Q&A uh, on Catholic HOM. That is a parenting Q&A where we are you know, joined by the whole Catholic home community. And uh, tomorrow we're going to be talking about how to get the most out of family prayer time. You know, How can we really get the kids on board, get our spouse on board, get the most out of it? Because family prayer time should help us as a family feel closer to both God and each other. Um, that's great to say, but sometimes hard to make happen. So if you're interested in learning more about that, I hope that you'll join us for our live Q&A tomorrow night, Tuesday, September 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. All you got to do is be a member of the Catholic HOM community. You can sign up today. If you haven't joined yet, go to catholichom.com to learn more. catholichom.com. Once you're a member, no registration required for the event. We'll be posting the link in the Catholic Home Builders Forum on Catholic HOM. So check it out. And whether you are saying family prayer, I don't even know where to start. Nobody ever taught me how to pray with my family. Or you're doing family prayer in your home, but there are hurdles. Whether it's, you know, you've got little tiny ones and they distract everybody or you've got people who are dealing with issues in their lives and thinking you know where is God for me in all this and they don't really want to do family prayer or there's anything that's tripping you up we'll be there talking to you tomorrow night so go to catholichom.com to sign up and learn more about our monthly live Q&As for parents all right with that though we are taking your calls today about those frustrating irritating aggravating people in your life give us a call on our show titled my last nerve the number is 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five, and tell us who is that frustrating person in your life. You know, we've all got at least one person who's difficult to get along with, and if you are struggling with somebody, whether that is someone close to you, like your spouse or one of your kids or a close family member, or just someone you can't get away from, but you, you have to deal with them. But gosh, there's just they just drive you crazy. We are here to help. That number is eight seven seven five seven three. Seven eight two five, or maybe somebody's telling you you're irritating, and uh, they don't want to be around you. And you're thinking, no, I'm not. And how can I be perceived better? Well, we're there for that as well. Eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. Every day on More to Life, we take a look at the topic of the day through the lens of Saint John Paul's theology of the body. And for folks who aren't aware of what that is, St. John Paul, when he was Pope, gave a series of reflections over the course of about five years, looking at how God's design and creation reveals God's plan for living a more abundant life and having healthier, holier relationships. The theology of the body reminds us that every individual is a unique and unrepeatable person. And that sounds great, until we realize that it means that everyone is different than we are and somehow we have to learn how to deal respectfully with those differences instead of feeling put off or threatened by them it's easy to see irritating people as threatening and allow ourselves to become defensive in response 
but the theology of the body would remind us that the only appropriate response to people, even irritating people, is love. And, and yet that's more complicated than it might sound at first. That's you know, for Because sure. when we talk about you know, loving, irritating people, a lot of times people interpret that as we need to be a doormat. Um, but that's not true. You know, sometimes loving a frustrating person does mean bearing the wrongs they commit against us patiently. But other times, especially when somebody is habitually offensive or irritating or frustrating, loving that person means learning to set appropriate boundaries so that they can be encouraged to repent and change and we can heal the relationship. You know, knowing the best way to be loving in the moment, especially when we're dealing with people we find irritating or frustrating in some way, requires us to check our tendency to simply react to them. Instead, we need to learn how to be receptive to the ways God is moving in the moment and how he's specifically asking us to work for this person's good in this moment. So if you're struggling to deal with that frustrating person in your life, you know, we all have at least one person who we find difficult to get, a, get along with who is hard to avoid. And whether that's somebody who's close to you, your spouse, one of your kids, a close family member, or just someone you have to deal with and wish you didn't. <laughs> we want to help you deal with those difficult people gracefully. Give us a call. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's take our concerns to the Lord, and then we'll start taking your calls. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come into your presence and we bring to you all those people that we find challenging to deal with at best. Those people who get under our skin, who frustrate us and irritate us. And Lord, it's, it's especially difficult to deal with those folks when they're people who are close to us. Our spouse or our kids, a close family member or a friend. Help us to know how to respond gracefully in those situations. To know what it means to be loving to those people who are upsetting us or irritating or difficult to get along with. Help us to know when it's important to let certain slights go and when it's important to say something or set a boundary so that we can, in all situations, work for their good and work for the good of our relationship so that even in the face of those slights, offenses, and frustrations, we can build your kingdom by making our relationships stronger, healthier, and holier through your grace. We ask all of this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and in the name of the Father, Father and the, the Son, Son, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul the Great. Pray for us. Today on More to Life, the show is titled, My Last Nerve. You know, we all have somebody in our life that we find difficult to get along with, for whatever reason. And sometimes, those people are folks who are close to us. Could be our spouse or one of our kids. And when I say our kids, that could be a little kid because we're just up to our neck dealing with their tantrums or their sullenness of those teens. That's or right. it could be an adult kid who we just don't understand why they're making the choices they are and they're not willing to talk to us about it or at least talk to us respectfully. Uh, or it could be just someone we have to deal with on a regular basis that we aren't close to and wish we could get a little bit further from, frankly, but we have to deal with them. So let's talk about it and find graceful ways 
to deal with those difficult people. The number is 877-573-7825. Again, that's 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Victoria, who's listening to EWTN Radio in New Hampshire. Hi there, Victoria. Welcome to More to Life. How can we help you out today? Hi, can you hear me? We can. What's up? Um, well, my I've been married for almost 30 years, and um, my husband just has, um, I think he has high anxiety, that's my opinion, um, but he tends to get anxious about everything, but when he gets really um, anxious and it doesn't take much, he rages. I mean, screaming mm. and yelling and report, you know, repeating the same thing over and over again in your face and things like that. I mean, never hit me or anything like that, but... Um, so I've tried a multitude of different ways to deal with it and walking away, and um, I have gotten a lot of therapy myself, and so I've tried to use various techniques, and uh, I still am struggling with this in our marriage, and it really does take a toll, and I sure. love them. So t- I am committed sure. to them. I just would like to hear what your thoughts are on maybe well, some t- things I haven't tried. Well, talk to me a little bit more about what you're doing lately. Like, so I imagine you've tried, you've obviously tried to talk to him about this. Does he recognize it as a problem at all? Uh, no, not not really. I mean, his thing to me is if you just did things the way that I wanted you to, <laughs> which he knows I won't do, and I say to him, well, you know, I'm not going to be able to do that all the time, and that's not a reasonable request. Um, and then after he calms down, he, you know, sometimes he's contrite, sometimes he's apologetic. But, uh, yeah, I try to address it in the moment. But for the longest time, I was just reactionary. So I've learned to kind of back away and say to him, I hear you. I'm hearing you. You're saying the same thing over and over. Just I'm, I can hear you and walk away. Okay. That's very hard okay. to do, but I'm getting better at it. All right, that's good. And and I, you know, you said you've gotten a lot of therapy for yourself. I'm I'm guessing that he refuses yeah. to join you. He will not do therapy. I've tried, and I've I've even asked him to choose the person. I don't care if it's a priest or if it's whomever. He's not mm-hmm. part of the church. I am, um, but he is a relig- he he is um, he's someone who believes in God, but he doesn't follow a faith per se. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've um, I've tried. Many times. Okay, so there, there, there are um, two parts to this response, all right? And, and, and the reason he's not willing to change right now is because this works for him, right? With ragers, um, they're very good at getting other people to jump through hoops to make them feel better. Well, don't we see it from the beginning of, of when we first experience rage as a small child? You know, if a child throws a tantrum, Mom and dad in the whole supermarket all stop and and look and pay attention and give them anything they want to make the tantrum stop. And some of us never mature past that. We don't get the skills we need because it pays off for us. So um, the, the, the reason we start with that is because the only way to make him want to change this is by making learning how to make this not work for him anymore. Um, he, he, you know, people who deal with anger in general and your, and your husband in particular here have what's called an external control, uh, 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 external locus of control. They feel like they are uh, the victim of their circumstances and there's nothing they can do except blow up and try to make 
the other people who are responsible for their feelings change enough that they'll feel better. They don't know how to take personal responsibility for their own emotional health. Um, and and so you know that and, and generally speaking, it, it works for him, right? So so the only way to fix this is by making it not work for him anymore, and that, that involves sort of two steps. You've, you've kind of in you know figured out the first part, which is not really responding to him whenever he's raging at you. You've be, and, and you know you, you're 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 doing the kind of you know I hear you, you're saying the same thing, which is a step in the right direction. I, I would actually challenge you to go a little bit further with it. Um, and say, listen, I, I, we want to empathize, but then redirect. I understand that you're upset, but I can't have this conversation with you as long as you're speaking to me this disrespectfully. I love you. I want to hear what you have to say, but I can't talk to you like this. Right? So you empathize and you affirm, but then you set the boundary. I love you. I'm he- I hear that you're upset. I'm really sorry about that. I'd be happy to talk with you about it, but I can't talk with you like this. Can you get, get yourself together? And then we can talk. Well, you, blah, 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 and if you only this and that, and I hear you. I understand you're upset. I'm really sorry about that, but I'm not able to talk about it when you're, like, when you're talking to me like this. What do we need to do to get you calm down so you can speak to me respectfully? Well, you're the one who's not being respectful because you, yeah, I hear you, and I'm really sorry you're feeling so upset, but, um, and I'd love to talk to you about this, but until you can get a handle on yourself, I can't have this conversation with you, right? So then he storms out. Right, and he comes back like two hours later, and everything's—he's better now. And he, you know, he wants to talk about dinner. Oh, so what's for dinner, honey? And he wants to pretend everything's fine. That's when. Now, this is the part that's the most important thing—the follow-up. Okay, you have to—you have to maintain that boundary, where um, you make him deal with this. Right, it's not, and it's not enough for him to just apologize or be contrite. It has to, there has to be a conversation about the next time something like this occurs and he gets that upset, how is he going to handle himself differently? That's the conversation that has to happen that's not happening. Now, how do you get him there? Well, when he comes back two hours later and says, you know, pretend, wants to pretend everything's fine and says, so what's for dinner, honey? You say, well, I'd love to talk to you about dinner, but until we can have a conversation about how you're going to handle yourself better the next time you get frustrated about X, you're not a safe person to have any conversation with, much less dinner. So when you're ready to talk about that, you let me know, and we'll figure it out together. Well, I can't believe you, and then it's going to start all over again. All right? You're going to feel like, oh my gosh, I did the wrong thing. No, no, <laughs> because he's just going to fume and stamp his feet and you know yell and scream in a way in an attempt to try to get you to give in. You got to hold the boundary, and you have to hold that until. Uh, you know, he finally comes down and says, all right, fine, I'll have to talk. We have to talk about this. You're going to have to get through two layers of resistance. The first one is, there's no problem here. What are you talking about? I'm perfectly fine. The second layer is, well, yeah, there's a problem, but it's you, Victoria. You're the one who's causing all the problems. Once you break through that, then it's finally, all right, fine. I, I admit that I have a problem with this. We can talk about it. But you're going to have to hold that line. It. I had a client once who that's the only thing she said to her husband for a month. Like, I'm, I love you, honey, and I'm sorry, you know, I'd love to talk to you about dinner or the kids or the plans for that or whatever, but I can't until we finish that conversation about how you're going to handle X differently the next time you get upset. She was ready to divorce the guy because that's the only thing she said to him for an entire month. And then the next session, he finally broke and said, all right, I'm ready to join you. 
because I see I have a problem. But that's what it's going to take. Now, I'm glad you're working with, so it sounds like you're working with a counselor, or at least have in the past. If you haven't, you know, if you're, if you're not working with somebody now, I encourage you to get back in touch with them, or you can reach out to us to the pastoral counseling practice at Catholic Counselors. Because you really do need somebody to kind of hold your hand through it and help you strengthen your resolve and know what to do if he gives a little but not all the way, so that you can really be effective in making this change. And Victoria, the fact that you've gotten this far proves that you really are a very strong woman of God, and that after 33 years of marriage, you're making changes in how you handle him, and you can go the distance in this, which will be a payoff for your marriage and, yeah, both of your souls. But it's going to take setting that boundary and holding it after the fact and, and getting beyond just the, the him saying, I'm sorry, or being contrite, and actually making a plan for how he's going to handle himself differently the next time he gets upset about whatever it is. We do talk more about this in uh, my book, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love, in the chapter on self-regulation. Check it out. I think it'll open your eyes, both of you, and, and really help you manage conflict a lot more effectively. And if there's more we can do to support you, reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. With that, we've got to go to break. When we come back, we're continuing to take your calls about those people who get on your last nerve. Who's that frustrating person in your life that you need to learn how to deal with gracefully? Give us a call at 877-573-7825. When we come back, we'll be taking more of your calls. Plus, we'll be joined by Jacob Flores Popchak. He'll be talking to us a little bit about setting effective boundaries without letting our anger drive it. Stick around for that and a whole lot more when More to Life continues in just a minute. She was a mystic and reformer who died at the age of 33. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. St. Catherine of Siena accomplished something no one thought possible. She convinced Pope Gregory XI to return to Rome after the popes had lived in France for almost the whole of the 14th century. They've been there ever since. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. Underwritten in part by this not-for-profit. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria Mutual Fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria Mutual Funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com.
Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today on More to Life, the show is titled My Last Nerve, as we talk about dealing with those people who are frustrating and irritating and upsetting to deal with. Give us a call at 877-573-7825. Joining us right now, Jacob Flores Popchak. He is a pastoral counselor with CatholicCounselors.com. He is an author and illustrator, an expert on the theology of the body, and together with Father Gabriel Toretta, the co-host of Created Things, an arts and faith podcast. Hey, Jacob, welcome to More to Life. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. Now, Jacob, a lot of people can irritate us so much that even thinking about them makes us angry. We can just feel our emotional temperature go up, even when we're not interacting with them in the moment. What do we do then? Well, whenever I encounter a a, a client, or let's be honest, you know, I'll throw myself in front of this bus, whenever I encounter even this within me, right, that there's a person who makes me so angry that that even just considering them, (laughs) right, starts to build up my emotional temperature, or whenever I encounter that same problem in a client you know somebody they think of is it just has the power to get them that that heated up as as frustrating as it can be to consider we have to consider the truth which is that that person isn't actually primarily at that point the thing making me angry don't get me wrong they're probably a really annoying person they probably have done all kinds of things to hurt you and all kinds of things to disrespect your boundaries but if, but if I'm getting angry about them without even encountering them, then what's really happening is that I have intuited, however unconsciously, that I need to be angry in order to uphold my own boundaries, right? Mm. I have intuited that if I'm not angry, I will somehow convince myself or be convinced to let go of my own boundaries, to say, oh, maybe I'm just being tough, maybe I'm just being a bad guy, so I'm just going to let this go. And I've taught myself... So if we feel angry enough, we're like keeping up our sword and shield in our own you know, subconscious mind. Is that what right, you're saying? Right, I've taught myself I can't trust me to take care of me unless I'm angry, right? And, and you know, you use the sword and shield analogy. The analogy I use is it's like, what if I were allergic to peanuts? Uh, but I believed that I would somehow manipulate myself into eating a peanut unless I carried a peanut on a necklace around my neck and gave myself a small allergic reaction all the time as like a reminder not to eat peanuts. What a crazy reaction that would be, right? But it's exactly the same thing when I carry around my fuming anger all the time to somebody just to uphold a boundary. I have to remind myself that boundaries don't come from anger. Boundaries come from self-respect. And as you guys often point out, respect for the dignity of the other person and my unwillingness to let uh, to let them continue failing by hurting me. I can trust myself to be motivated by love and respect for me and the other person. I don't actually need to hang that anger around my neck all the time. Really yeah, powerful insights, point. hard to follow through, but we're taking your calls about that. So give us a call right now at 877-573-7825. We'll talk about how to make that happen. Thanks for joining us, Jacob, and we'll be back with you listeners just a minute. Stick around. Catholic Connection with Teresa Tomio. 
Learn and spread the word about the food, clothing, parenting classes, financial assistance that these resource centers provide moms, and not just for a few weeks after the baby is born, but often for up to four years after birth. Don't assume that just because you haven't heard about pro-life resources or efforts that they don't or aren't available or that the church hasn't been involved. The media, and I know this firsthand from my years of experience, have been working with the abortion industry to suppress information about resources as well as totally misrepresent or blatantly lie about what the pro-life community offers moms and families in need. And last but not least, do some homework and prayerfully give thanks to these pro-life warriors and consider becoming a pro-life warrior yourself. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Father Benedict Groeschel. I want to welcome you, if you're not familiar, with the wonderful world of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What will America become if it makes it impossible of the Holy Spirit to work here because of untruth and self-indulgence and paganism. This is not just a nice discussion of the gifts of the Holy Spirit because I'm going to discuss what happens when people make it impossible to be prudent, just, or honest, or brave, or courageous, or reverent. When people make that impossible, what a terrible thing they do not only to themselves, but to our society. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. Anxiety is such a commonplace experience that we often feel like there's something wrong with us when we aren't feeling anxious. We wonder what new threat to our security or peace we're missing. But how do you know whether you're experiencing normal garden variety stress and anxiety or whether you're struggling with something more serious? Has anxiety become a regular part of your life? Does it impact your performance at work or make it harder to enjoy your relationships or prevent you from having the energy to do the things you used to enjoy? These are good signs it's time to seek professional help. People often wait years before getting appropriate counseling help, and by then the problem's been allowed to grow into something that's having a serious impact on your life, career, and relationships. Anxiety is very treatable, and a vast majority of people who seek help get better. If you're ready to win your battle against anxiety, check out my book, Unworried, or visit CatholicCounselors.com. Thank you for joining us today on More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled, My Last Nerve. We all have one person in our life, at least one person, sometimes many, many more, Mm -hmm. who just get on that last nerve. Those people who are difficult to get along with, they're frustrating, they're irritating, they're offensive, Uh, and maybe even it's somebody close to us, right? Your spouse... One of your kids, whether that's a little kid who's tantruming all the time or sullen all the time, or an adult kid who's just not living the way you want them to live and they won't listen to reason. 
or maybe it's just somebody that you have to deal with that you're not close to, but you can't get away from. Yeah, you know, those people at work, those people on that committee or in that choir with you at church. You or just those it. people. Yeah, you name it. <laughs> those irritations can sneak up on any relationship, close or not so close, and can just drive us crazy. 877 573 7825. Again, that number is 877-573-7825. Before we go to our next caller, we want to send out congratulations to a longtime member of the EWTN radio family. Salt and Light Radio in Idaho is celebrating their 14th year with EWTN. Woohoo! Congratulations to, to uh, John, uh, Keith Pettyjohn and his team from your friends at EWTN Radio. They're heard on 9 a.m. and FM stations in English and in Spanish. God bless awesome. you guys. Salt and Light Radio. Congratulations. Beautiful. Thank you for being part of the EWTN family and congratulations from us at More to Life and the whole EWTN family. We're taking your calls right now at 877-573-7825 about those people who get on your last nerve. And if you don't want to lose the last nerve you've got left, talk with us today and we'll help you find those grace-filled answers to, you know, heal that nerve and maybe some more. Grow some new nerves. Grow some new healthy nerves. 877-573-7825. That's 877-573-7825. Let's talk now with Susan, who's listening in Michigan on Sirius XM 130. Hey, Susan, welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Thank you. Yes. Um, been married 33 years, and this has probably been going on over a year. Again, my, my husband, it's a source of contention. I just don't feel like I'm a priority, and I, I expect simple things of him, like mm. picking up after himself, turning the TV off, um, taking his glasses with him wherever we go so that I don't have to read menus to him. You know, again, it's the little things, it's the simple things, but I don't feel like he respects me. And again, I don't know if I just need to learn to become more patient as we get older, or if he should maybe, you know, step up to the plate and in fact, take care, take care of the little things that I ask of him. Susan, help me tease this out a little bit. So first of all, there's a couple of questions here. You're saying as you get older, has he, one, has he done this all the way along the line? And two, you're, you're definitely saying that you fe- don't feel respected, like he cares about you. But forgetting to turn the TV off or not bothering is just him not really, or not bringing his own glasses with him. It's sort of him not respecting or taking care of himself. So is this just maybe... I don't know, that he's just not being very attentive to anything and it's part of his personality? Is this something that's sneaking up on you guys? Or are there things that are specific to you and your marriage where you feel less than cherished by him? Um, I guess he is inattentive more and more. He says he hasn't changed, but I don't that he hasn't changed over the years, that he's always been like this. But I I don't remember it being this frustrating to me. Um, and yes, I do not feel cherished. Well put. He he goes, um, meets his friends every Thursday, without a doubt. But when it comes to us maybe having a weekly date, it rarely happens. Um, 
I guess that's just a real quick example I'm coming to. Well, no, no, you know what? Uh, but that, but that that's really that's a good example. And Tells and here's here's what I'm wondering, um, Susan. I, I, I can't help but wondering here if the reason that it's getting so uh, upsetting to you, these little things, um, is that you're having the wrong fight. You know, you're, you're, you're really upset because you don't feel cherished, you know, because he's not making the time for you to have a date to, to, to really, you know, have a marriage with you, uh, to attend to you and show you that, that he, that you are special to him, right? And so rather than having that conversation, you guys are having a lot of proxy fights about, the TV, about the glasses, about those things that, that, you're, that are irritating, but that maybe wouldn't have bothered you as much or wouldn't bother you as much if he was actually going on dates with you, telling you that he loved you, cherishing, doing those things that said, I think you're special and I love you. Yeah, if you feel cherished in other ways and he forgets to turn off the TV and you come down in the morning and the TV is still on, you're going to be like, oh, he did it again. And you'll laugh it off because you know that he cherishes you. You know, and there's a good chance that after 33 years of marriage, maybe he is doing it more. Maybe he's not doing it more, but things in your life are changing. So, for instance, 30 to 33 year mark, if you guys had did have children together, they've probably left. So your concentration is on him and on each other more in terms of what's going wrong. You could just be at a stage where you're thinking about retirement down the road and you're thinking, can I live with this for the rest of my life if he never turns out of the TV or brings his glasses? So it's that 33-year mark can be very pivotal in terms of how we start examining our spouse and our relationship. But the little things, as Greg was saying, is not the real battleground here. Yeah, I mean, so if it was just really about things like, you know, he, he never brings his glasses. I mean, you know, if you really wanted to press the issue, you could just say, look, honey, I've told you a million times to bring your glasses. I'm not going to read the menu to you. <laughs> I mean, remember right quick. You might you know, not have a very pleasant meal. But, but, but I don't think that really gets the point, right? I mean, I, I think that, that, that misses the larger point, which is that you don't feel cherished. And that's the conversation you need to have with him. You know, honey, I, I love you, but we've gotten to this place in our relationship where I just really feel taken for granted. I don't feel like you listen to me about even the dumb, dumb little things like turning off the TV or bringing your glasses, much less how important it is for me to get some time with you and have a date or feel like you care, care about me. Um, and, and we need to look at that. You know, so, you know, you make an appointment to go to marriage encounter, for example, and you go away for the weekend and you and you learn how to communicate on that deeper level or you commit to reading some books together about improving your relationship, whether that's something like For Better Forever, A Catholic Guide to Lifelong Marriage or uh, How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love, both of which you can get at CatholicCounselors.com. Or if he's resistant to that, then, you know, getting some pastoral counseling uh, to learn how to you know really focus in on your relationship in ways that you haven't before but you know all these little things they're 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 frustrating and and like i said you could deal with them the way i said in a fairly simple straightforward way but i don't think that gets to the heart of the matter and i and i do think having this deeper conversation about the need to learn to cherish each other and prioritize your relationship really does get to what you're really upset about now you can do these bigger things and they're important because you want to have those deeper conversations the other thing i'd really like you to take a look at susan and as i said 33 years can be a very pivotal time a lot of things are changing especially if you're no longer raising kids actively and we, we just suddenly realize that those things that used to kind of bookend our day or, or be touchstones throughout our day were about getting the kids from here to there and, you know, keeping life together. And suddenly we get this sense that we're not cherishing each other because we have no rituals or routines together at all as a couple. You know, lucky 
are many of us, if we get that one weekend, you know, one date a week, which you're saying he'll go out with his friends, but you guys haven't been prioritizing that. My sense is you've been really busy for the last 33 years and haven't set up those things as a couple so that you can get time to work together. You know, when, when you're done at the end of the day, when you're done eating a meal together, are you doing the dishes and having, you know, a fun conversation together, are, together, together? Are you getting time to pray together at all as a couple or is that is life just been too busy? And, you know, you each pray your own thing or one you do, but you haven't connected spiritually in a very long time. Are you making, you know, a few minutes a day time to pray together? Do you do you get any time to play together, to do anything? Uh, take a walk together after dinner. Play a hand of cards. Watch a funny movie without, you know, your phones around. Something. Like, take a class together. Something that's giving you joy that you're doing on a consistent basis. And do you get that time to talk? And it doesn't sound like you do get a chance to really talk to each other every day. So, you know, going to one of these larger things that Greg is talking about would be very important to perhaps get that ball rolling. But unless you make those moments of connection, working, playing, talking, praying together a little bit every day and more so throughout the weeks, set aside a special time for that, you're not going to be able to really till the soil and nurture those seeds that you would have that would allow you to start cherishing each other and having the marriage you both probably really want but just don't know how to quite grasp hold of. So as irritating as the things are that you've called about, I, I really do think that, that the deeper issue is is that you don't feel cherished, and, and that's why those more petty things are, are, are getting under your skin so much. So have that larger conversation, see how that goes, and call us back. If, if you need more support from there, we can help coach you through the next steps after that. Thanks so much for the call, Susan. We've added you to our More to Life prayer list, and if there's more we can do to support you guys in learning to cherish each other again, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com. Well, we are going to head to our break, but as, it's, uh, as we do, it's time for our scripture of the day, which comes to us from Luke chapter 6, verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Now again, you know, when we hear this verse, and we're all familiar with this verse, we often interpret it to mean be a doormat. That is not what Jesus is saying. Or be so sweet and light that you're ending up stuffing everything and never addressing the problem. Yeah, so love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, um, means work for their good. You know, love, to love somebody is to work for their good. Um, and sometimes that might mean letting something go because you have to pick your battles and maybe they'll self-correct if you give them some space. Other times it means setting that boundary and saying, look, I, I know that you're better than this and I'm going to hold you to that standard whether you want me to or not. And, uh, you know, I'm willing to have this conversation with you, but only if you're able to speak to me respectfully. You know, that's working for somebody's good. That's loving them because you're putting up the boundaries that say, look, this behavior is beneath you. Yeah, it hurts me, but it's beneath you. <laughs> and I love you too much to let you keep doing it. So I'm going to set this boundary. I'm going to set this limit. And by doing that, I'm doing good to that person who's lashing out at me, that person who's hateful toward me. It doesn't just mean being saccharine and syrupy sweet or being a doormat. It means really loving the person by prayerfully discerning what does it mean to work for their good and the good of your relationship with them. And then holding that line so that God can work through you, even in those challenging situations. 
Well, we are taking your calls right now about dealing with those frustrating people and what it means to love that person who is getting under your skin. Give us a call. The number is 877 573 7825. Again, that's 877 573 7825. Let us help you deal with those difficult, irritating, frustrating, antagonizing people gracefully. Again, the number 877 877- Five seven three seven eight two five. More to life. We'll be continuing with your calls right after this break. This Ave Maria radio program is brought to you in part by Fathom Events. The new feature film Mother Teresa and Me is in theaters for one night only, Thursday, October fifth. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women: Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul, and Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Information at FathomEvents.com. That's FathomEvents.com. If we think like children, can we get a better workout? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. For many of us, getting a workout means going for a run, lifting weights, or doing some push-ups. But are we having fun doing any of those things? Many experts suggest that we need to incorporate play and fun into our workouts, just like when we were kids. We got plenty of exercise, climbing trees, playing ball, or chasing a friend. Now some personal trainers are incorporating childlike routines in their planned workouts to keep things fresh and filled with fun. The experts suggest that we watch kids at play and mirror their exercise. Kids don't usually run for miles and miles. They run, stop, jump, and play. Then they do it again. They mix things up. They laugh, they still sweat, and they still get out of breath. They get a good workout. We can do the same. For more on playful workouts, head over to our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Hello, Steve Ray here. Everything in the Bible and in the Catholic Church starts with the book of Genesis. It reveals to us God's plan for mankind. Yet Genesis can be daunting, especially given the scientific discoveries of the last few centuries. Well, that's where I come in with my new book, Genesis, a Bible study guide and commentary. Discover a thoroughly Catholic approach to this exciting and dramatic ancient narrative that is so often misunderstood. You can get the book now on the store page at AveMariaRadio.net. Check it out. Want more tips for living a more joyful, abundant life through the gift of the theology of the body? Well, and follow us on Facebook at More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa and on Twitter and Instagram at Catholic Counselors. We'll see you there. Welcome back to More to Life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Lisa Popchak. I'm Dr. Greg Popchak, and today's show is titled, My Last Nerve. Mm -hmm. Are you tired of dealing with that irritating, aggravating, or frustrating person in your life? I mean, who isn't, right? Well, let us help you find graceful ways to respond, and maybe even heal the relationship. The number, 877-573-573. 7825. Or, you know, as Jacob Flores Popcheck was saying earlier, even if you don't have to deal with them, but when you think about them, you just get so irritated that it's not healthy for you, spiritually or physically. Let us help you out today on More to Life, 877-573-7825. Right now, let's talk with Katie, who's listening to EWTN Radio in Ohio on the Ave Maria Radio app. Hi, Katie. Welcome to More to Life. What's going on? Hi. Hi. Well, thanks for taking my call, and thank you for everything that, that you both do. Uh, I just tuned in uh, right as you were giving the response to Victoria, and it felt very much 
so that you were speaking directly to me. I feel like I have the, the same situation um, with my husband. Um, mm, I kind of what's have going a, on with another, him? Well, just the responses that the 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 boundary that I have to set up of we're not going to talk, you know, about this when you're yelling or saying disrespectful mm-hmm. things, especially in front of our children. So I have to, you know, remove myself. So I just, on top of that, there's another layer and it's his family and they are a huge stressor on our marriage. And, um, a big part of, I think why he responds the way he does, um, negatively in our marriage. So I'm having a hard time, you know, some days we're both on the same page. You know, we, we respond to his family in the same way with set up with the same boundary. Other days, it's as if he has no idea, you know, what I'm referring to and acts like they're totally fine and normal and I'm overreacting. Okay. So I don't know how to respond this question is going to seem like it's coming out of left field, but I just, I'm just curious. Do, do you guys pray together about any of this stuff? I'm just, just curious where you are spiritually on, on the same page and just what, you know, kind um, of how you both see yeah. life. And I'm definitely more, I have a stronger faith and, 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 and more outspoken about it than, than he is. Mm-hmm. He's was not raised in that way. And, you know, he kind of thinks I'm more over the top because of that. You know, he's more about, okay. I don't kill anybody and I don't, you know, cheat on you. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's obeying all the rules. So, you know, God can stay over there and he so, can stay over here and right. everybody's. But fine. this isn't something that you guys could be praying about together or working or really uh, can, I on can a regular basis. But. In front of him, right. Like, I, I read, like, the, the How to Heal Your Marriage or, you know, your book or, or the Boundaries book. Yeah. Um, you know, he'll listen to me, but there's not, mm-hmm. it doesn't go much deeper than that. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, so um, there are a couple of different ways we could go with this. What's what? What can we help you with specifically? Because you're talking about the in-laws. You're talking a little bit about him. Where would you like us to focus? Well, I I, I do need to respond to him in the way the same response that you had given the previous caller. You know, just with we're not yeah. going to talk about this until you know it's a healthy conversation. Um, but right. And the second part of that, just just to, just to emphasize it, that's that's where you set the limit while he's raging at you. But the the follow up part is actually the more important piece. When things right. calm down, don't let it go. You know, right? So so you 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 bring it back up and say, look, I'm glad you're. In, it seemed like you're in a better place. But before we move on, we've we've got to have this conversation about how you're going to handle yourself differently the next time X X Y or Z comes up. Because if if you don't do that piece, you'll 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 get to the place where he he walks away. But then he's going to come back and pretend that nothing ever happened again. So you have to kind of hold that boundary. So just I just want to put that out there just to clarify. Okay. 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 Um, but as far as his parents go and siblings, you know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to completely cut them out of our lives. But at the same time, there's such an inconsistency in how to, you know, hold the boundaries for them that I, I almost just feel backed into a corner of like I need to just completely cut them out because I never know what I'm going to get. With my husband. Yeah, let me ask you this, Katie. When when you haven't had to interact with his family, when mm-hmm. things are calm between you and your husband, have you ever said, "Hey, let's sit down and talk about a game plan so that when we do get, you know, sideswiped by your family's behavior again, we have a plan. We're on the same page. We know exactly how to deal with them." Because what I I hear is happening is your experience in the history of your marriage is that these are obnoxious people for whatever reason they're difficult to deal with and they sometimes trigger 
both of you. And then there are times when your husband is calm, for whatever reason is going on with the family, you still are seeing them as these are who they are, and he's sometime drifting back into, you know, who he was as a child when mommy and daddy would tuck him in or things were good, and he doesn't want to be at odds with them. And because you're only really dealing with it, I think, when it becomes problematic, you're not able to stay on the same page because you're both coming from two different experiences because he has longer time with him. You're both in a reaction place. So could you or have you ever in a calm time sat down and said, let's come up with a game plan for how to deal with your family no matter what's going on? Yeah. Yes, but I could definitely do better about it and have a a more uh, purposeful conversation about it. I I just do feel like over time it's like it always fades away and he always kind of goes back to this same pattern that we're in yeah which, okay which- well yeah so so i think i think that that you know that's where you want to start all right so so because a lot of times these conversations you know come up because you're offended by something yeah. what we're or saying you're is nervous that you're going to be like right before a holiday so what we're suggesting is is don't wait for the offense to occur actually bring it up at a time where it just seems it might seem to him like why are you bringing this up now and yeah. and and it's just like well because these things happen all the time and i really need a plan for handling it that said uh, whether he participates in that conversation or not the next step is going to be you really reflecting on how how often can you be around these people and in what contexts can you be around these people and still feel safe and by safe what i mean is not have to spend the rest of the day putting yourself back together again right so you know you can deal with them uh you know when when you see them at, at a restaurant but you know you can't deal with them when you go visit them at their house. You, you can deal with them if it's um, you know a, a light family gathering. But if there's going to be you know alcohol involved, and you know that you can't possibly deal with them because they're going to be out of hand, you have to discern when those times are for yourself. You can talk to them about X, Y, or Z, but not A, B, and C <laughs> because they use those things against you later on. You have to kind of clarify for yourself what are the contexts in which you can deal with them and still feel safe and then limit your relationship to that regard now ideally your husband would be willing to support you in that but i would suggest to you that whether he is or he isn't you need to set that boundary anyway and and use that boundary then as the leverage um, both to improve your relationship with your in-laws and to you know get some uh, get some leverage with him to start respecting you and those boundaries a little bit more I am going to suggest to you that this is something that where where you're probably going to need some counseling um, to deal with this more effectively because you know he, he's both reactive and from what I'm hearing you say not as respectful to you as he needs to be and he's and and he's not going to do that unless there's a third party that's really challenging him on on his perception of these things. So really getting some professional assistance with this is going to ultimately be really, really important. He's probably not going to go to that willingly. Um, You're going to have to kind of push that issue by making the appointment and insisting that he go. And even if he doesn't go with you, you going by yourself at first to learn how to set better boundaries with him and kind of hold to this whole thing that you've heard about on the show today. Um, but you know, all together, you know, our response that we gave to Victoria that you said you really identified with, plus the stuff that we're sharing with you on your specific question uh, about dealing with the in-laws and the boundary there, I think will get you there. You're, I just think that you're going to need a little bit more 
extra support to get it there because uh, it's it's hard to hold those boundaries by yourself. Yeah especially mm-hmm. if he's trying to actively undermine them. But but this is the direction to head in. So I want you to point yourself in that direction, start taking steps toward that. And if there's more we can do to support you in that process, don't hesitate to reach out to us at catholiccounselors.com or for uh, some local support as well. Katie, thank you so much for the call. If there's more we can do for you, you know where to find us. And listeners, thank you so much for letting us walk with you during this hour and help you deal with those difficult people gracefully. If you'd like more tools for managing those challenging folks that you have to contend with, check out all the resources we mentioned on the show today, uh, including How to Heal Your Marriage and Nurture Lasting Love, and my book, God Help Me, These People Are Driving Me Nuts, Making Peace with Difficult People. You can get those at CatholicCounselors.com, where you can also learn about the Pastoral Solutions Institute's pastoral telecounseling practice, where you can work with a faithful, professional Catholic counselor to help you transform your marriage, family, or personal life in the light of God's grace. Check it out at CatholicCounselors.com and get out there and celebrate the life God has for you. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popchek. More to Life is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Dan McGraw. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net.